Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Werewolf by Night, Marvel Studios' first Halloween special. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah. Opens with a never-before-seen, because it is the first, like, little graphic of which was very 80s to me in its, uh, in its like presentation, like of a Marvel Studios special presentation uh, before it ran the, the Marvel Studios logo. Uh, but before we get into all of that, Will Fly Night, uh, based on the long-running uh, horror comic series from Marvel, where, funnily enough, Moon Knight debuted back in issue 32, Two and thirty-three, I think, if I'm remembering right, of Moon of uh, Werewolf by Night. Um, yeah, uh, heavily inspired by Universal monster movies. They're not <laughs> hiding it either. Say, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I believe the comic was as well, but yeah, uh, they've they've they continued that uh, whole inspiration for this as well by first-time director. A longtime fan of the podcast for music, Michael Giacchino. Which is incredible. Um, yeah. Giacchino previously written the scores for Doctor Strange in 2016, the John Watts directed Spider Man trilogy for the MCU, and was a co composer for Thor Love and Thunder. And he, it's not just been busy for Marvel, it's been in like DC, he did the Matt Reeves Batman movie. But yes, yeah, he first did, uh, time. Rogue One, Star Wars story. Yes, he did. But here he is here, first time directing. You're like, oh, what's that going to be like? It's going to be really good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it is clearly a fan of this type of story and whether it is going back to Universal Monsters. But this is a very different thing. It's a first time director. It's connected to the MCU, but it's black and white. You're like, ah, oh, this is a bit different. It's essentially a one-hour TV movie. And like, wow, yeah. they're really doing something different here. And I love the idea behind it, like giving spotlights for a character that wouldn't necessarily be able to carry a film or a TV series. Let's give them a special. And it's what we're getting here, and it's proved to be very successful for Disney Plus. So hopefully it means that we're going to get more. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of rumours. Uh, I think that they've already approved one for next year. Um, early rumours are that it will focus around Man-Thing, uh, or as he's known in this, Ted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what? I, I watched this day of release i'm so glad that i did because you know i'd seen the teasers that they put out but the the appearance of man thing i thought was incredible never did i think we were going to get that and it's not the first time we've seen man thing in live action although first time within the mcu back in 2005 they made a movie it was like an 
early mid noughties Marvel movie. And you're looking at me puzzled. So I'm guessing that you, you've not seen it. I used to have this movie on DVD. And the fact that I'm saying I used to have it should tell you everything you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) It was originally intended for a theatrical release in the United States. The film premiered on the Sci-Fi channel under the Sci-Fi Pictures label in 05. It grossed 1 million from a small release in international cinemas. The film was the last to be released by Artisan Entertainment due to their closure in 04. I didn't just remember all that, by the way. I um, yeah, I did some preparation in advance of speaking about Man Thing, but yeah, not many people would know. And the fact you didn't know it, quite a few people wouldn't know that Man Thing had his own movie the same year that Marvel gave us Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. And essentially, that's what happened. They were looking over there at what Fantastic Four were doing, and nobody had eyes on these guys in Louisiana making a man thing movie and then Marvel saw it and they were like, Oh my word, what is this movie? And yeah, I got it as a US import. I have seen it once. Um, (laughs) Maybe because you've not seen it, Jay, maybe we'll, we'll do it on a future episode. Who knows? But I'll warn you. It's, um, it's pretty, pretty terrible, but back to wealth by night. Gael Garcia Bernal stars in the special as Jack Russell, Werewolf by Night, <laughs> along I do love with the silliness of that name. <laughs> it's great though, you got to say it. Along yeah. with Laura Donnelly as Harriet Samson Harris. Development of the special had begun in August 2021 with Bernal cast that November. Giacchino joined by March 2022. The special was formally announced in September when Giacchino revealed he was also composing. It was released on October 7th, 2022 by Disney Plus as part of Phase 4 of the MCU. The special received positive reviews from critics with praise for its use of practical effects, the black and white cinematography performances, particularly Bernal and Donnelly, Giacchino's direction and score, and its story, with many noting its departure from the previous MCU media, though some criticised its short runtime and characters. So mainly praise there, but I've got to be honest, like criticising its runtime, I thought the runtime was perfect. Same, and I mean, we grew up in an era where you got your Saturday matinee, um, but also it's a special, this was designed in the vein of those old TV special made for TV specials that never ran more than an hour. Um, and if you were going to add more runtime, you would have complicated the plot and the, like, I think it works. One of the reasons it works so well is how streamlined it, the whole thing is it takes place overnight. This event has happened. This is, uh Ulysses Bloodstones died. His bloodstone, uh, a powerful supernatural artifact for hunters, in a super in a, kind of the supernatural show vein, uh, will be passed on to the next person who has to prove that they're, they're the strongest in kind of a game uh, Hunger Games-esque hunt for a supernatural uh creature in like a maze i think it's actually a maze isn't it like it's not just 
like on the estate it's like done in but not like a, just a grass maze it's like a yeah. segments of buildings and other things and that's a very nice clean cut simple you just do your why are we here who's involved and it starts like why overcomplicate it with anything more than that like i and again i bet if you were to go back now and look at those original uh, Universal monster films, the plots are just as simple. Uh, which, you know, whenever you start to complicate, overly complicate a plot, is when you can start to run into issues because you've got to drop information to the audience uh, and backstory. If uh, otherwise, if you can't get a, a, a character moment. To, sh- to hand over the the knowledge and those are always clunky to me now whenever i see hear a line of dialogue uh designed specifically to give information to me a viewer my brain starts like going to sleep i'm like oh my god you really didn't have any other way to do this did you especially for uh movies and tv show who are overly plot reliant and haven't thought of any other better way to get that to me as an audience member. So I like it. I like the runtime like yourself. And I watched it uh, earlier today. I was hungover. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, it, it was, if it was more complicated, I don't think my befuddled mind would have, uh, would have been able to uh, enjoy it as much. Like I, all of it. I just like I like the critics. I've really appreciated how it was put together. Yeah, definitely. From yeah, the, so much from the opening credits, like it goes to black and white for the Marvel Studios, like typical. Oh, that was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But they've got the, like this music filter as it was the type of scores had from back in like the forties and fifties. I'm like, oh, thank you. That works so well. And then super traditional, like uh, opening card for like Werewolf by Night. Like yeah. all of it. Oh, it, it was that, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. With that opening scene where uh, we follow Jack Russell walk into like the basic like meeting room, the lighting, all of it like felt yeah. like one of those old school movies. Just so well done. I don't know how, like, how people can complain about any of it. Like, nah, me neither. Unless their complaint was, I wanted more and it only ran an hour. I'm like, all right, fine. I, I that I can kind of understand, but don't just be attacking. You're nearly running out of admit that whole runtime. Yeah, like, yeah. No, 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 no. Like I, I articulate it better. Like I wanted more, and they left me wanting more. <laughs> I mean, let's let, let's talk about the characters then. See, so you've got a character, Jack, full name Jack Russell, who turns into a werewolf. Incredible. I mean, the, yeah, <laughs> that name is fantastic. Gael Garcia Bernal, this is not the type of thing he does. <laughs> He's, I mean, I saw him most recently in the M. Night Shyamalan movie Old, but even that was something you wouldn't normally see him do. Like, he's doing more dramas, art house. So this is something different for him. So, so for me, just having him being a part of this, it's just like, okay, so this is like next level quality. Like, they've got... Yeah. an actor for this like you know they're always casting actors don't get me wrong but this is the guy that okay this is not the kind of project he would be drawn to so he's doing it for a reason so it has my attention 
And he is really good in this. He plays it very quiet at times. But again, with the plot, it's very straightforward. We know he's a werewolf. Yeah, They don't. They're hunters. They're in that with him. It's okay. So what is going to happen here? Like so, one by one, you're going to get violence, and it does. It does get bloody. And what I did read, so tonally, you'd want it to feel like horror. You don't want it to feel like She-Hulk or Miss Marvel or some of the recent shows that we've had. So among many creative reasons behind the use of black and white was to obscure blood and gore, and that was to avoid a TV MA rating. So even though you're watching at home, you're streaming it, they still didn't want it getting a hard rating because that's not what Marvel go for. And it, it was a it was a filter that they used. So that's how they got the black and white. So they essentially shot it in colour and then used a filter, or they used a filter as they were filming it, but it was all on digital. And they did add those like cigarette marks you, know, you used to get in yeah. like old film when they were changing the reels. Yeah, which I did notice, um, which was nice. Because uh, the, the other thing I noticed, like I know, is it happens to be like the third cut of uh, of the special is when they made the whole thing black and white. So originally it was all going to be in colour. Okay. Like, did Giacchino know that? Like did he did he want it in black and white and couldn't sell it. And then he's like, I'm just going to film it and pretend like the whole time, like it's in black and white. <laughs> Cause I think it really helps. It really, it helps. It works again, like, like with casting banal as Jack Russell, like having him and you, you already feel like, Oh, this is a guy that will usually do a lot of art house. And again, you know, a lot of dramatic work, but then he's doing this black and white film or TV movie for Marvel, it just had more credibility to it. And and just before watching it, just thinking, how ballsy of, of Marvel. Like, you know, going back to Iron Man 1, obviously a lot's happened from then until now. But they're like, do you know what? Why don't we make a one-hour film, black and white, <laughs> a character that a lot of people wouldn't have been heard of, let's green light it. I'm loving yeah. that that's where we're at now, where they can give you know, horror, comedy, you know, espionage, action, all of that, all these different flavors, but it's all one, like a shared universe. But yeah, I, oh man, I had so much fun with this. And we're getting characters like Elsa Bloodstone, here played by Laura Donnelly, Ulysses a strange daughter who dislikes her family's tradition of hunting monsters, which is fortunate because she buddies up with Jack Russell. She later comes into contact with Ted, which was, you know, a lot of fun. And we get to see Man-Thing using abilities that he has in the comics, using people's fear against them. But then she's really capable. And then you find, you know, she's not taking on the mantle because she's not competent enough. That's not it at all. It's, you know, the whole thing of, like, she doesn't want to hunt monsters. So that's cool. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the man thing, the burning touch of the man thing. That's it, yeah. Uh, you know, the... Uh, I like... It, so well done. Practical uh, suit. I've seen the behind-the-scenes uh, pictures. It looks fantastic. 
Yeah, uh, actor being Corey Jones, who was uh, Black Kassanson in Book of Boba Fett. Ah. He's done other things as well. I think he is actually the Predator in Prey. Right. Or, or a Predator film. But, yeah, so someone, a very accomplished uh, body actor. Um, and yeah, great, great performance. Um, it looked phenomenal. He like, really did, yeah. So, like, so good. Yeah, uh, and I like the, you don't get a lot of it, but what's clearly a relationship between him and, uh, and Jack Russell uh, of, he calls it family, but, I, but they're at least buddies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, and, they, and to continue the thing of, he, he just makes noises that the person can interpret. Because uh, in the comics, Depending on who it is, the, he sounds very different to everyone. Uh, yep. It's like a because it's like a supernatural thing. But yeah, I thought it was great. I like the fact that he had the burning touch as well, uh, where he uh, those who with fear burn. Um, I like that he was the. I mean, he's the supposed to be the defender of the nexus of the multiverse or something. yeah that's, that's, uh, that sounds right yeah he he's like a he's like a doctor strange like type deal but for like the nexus of all realities like he's like the defender of the nexus of all realities because he can transport wherever he seems or he wherever he wants um he's teamed up with superhero teams before as like a, a form of their transportation um yeah, like how they trap him, don't know. Uh, yeah, but just, I don't before, need to know. I just no, needed yeah. to see him on screen, B man thing, and uh, the little interactions. Like initially, he's he takes that one hundred and he walks over to uh, to, to walks towards Elsa, who's just like Ted. Lovely name, by the way. And <laughs> yeah, he, you see his eyes soften. Like yeah, there's yeah. so much like. She's like, I'm a friend of Jack's, or I I know Jack, and just knowing that his name is Ted and not Man Thing, that just cut through, and automatically they had that bond. Because what we've got in this, like the main villain is her stepmother or the the new wife of oh, what was her name? Oh, Versilla Bloodstone, uh, Ulysses yeah. widow, stepmother to uh, Elsa, played here by Harriet Sansom Harris. And yeah, you just hate this character from the initial introduction until her death at the hand of Man Thing. Like it was fitting that she went the way that she did, but it was a very straightforward villain. Evil stepmother, got it. Yeah, yeah. Don't need anything else. Yeah, that's enough. We hate her. <laughs> and then just going, yeah. going along with it. But, um, yeah, again, that runtime, you know, they've and just that most for the most part, it's just that one location, as in you know, as interesting as it looks, it is like say that it's that maze. Uh, but yeah, they make good use of screen time, characters, uh, so much to so much to enjoy with this. But what really caught me by surprise because the way they introduce it all, old timey and not just 
with it being black and white, you've got like the scroll and the Avengers, like, you know, the drawings of the Avengers. Oh, that was, that was pretty cool. Cause if people watching it didn't know it was MCU until they were watching it, that kind of tells you that it is as well as having obviously the Marvel studios logo, but here we are, this is black and white movie. And because of where it was set in that one location, it looked old timey anyway. It was yeah. like ruins and that, okay. And then you get somewhere over the rainbow from the Wizard of Oz playing as the film shifts from black and white to color, which was the same effect used in the Wizard of Oz and present day in its color. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. holy shit. Wow. So you mentioned before, you know, the Moon Knight connection and we've already got Oscar Isaac running around. And now, you know, with Eternals, we've got Black Knight, Blades coming, Man-Thing, Werewolf by Night. They're building up this horror side of the MCU. But I thought it was going to be like, if they're going to bring back Jack Russell in more shorts or whatever else, it's not going to be present day. But it absolutely is. That caught me by surprise. And they're like camping, yeah. they're making coffee, they're just hanging out, they're having chats. Yeah, did yeah, not like, expect it to end the way they did. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, I couldn't eat right now. What do you feel like? Sushi? Yeah, I can go sushi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great and unexpected way for them to end it. Yeah, and yeah, and the bleed to colour, like, like, smart, like, I mean, the fact that they filmed in colour allowed them to do that, for yes. one thing. But also just the fact that, it, like you said, it, it, it sets itself up that, no, 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 this is present day. This isn't like some old, some old thing. Um, I mean, and, you know, you have the bloodstone always red throughout the whole movie. That's true, whole, yes. Um, which, you know, it means you could always know it's when it's round. Um, and the other thing I really liked was that the werewolf effect was like more like the wolf man from Paramount, uh, Universal Monsters. Not like the, I do like good werewolves with the snout and everything like that, like, you know, American Werewolf in London and stuff. Yeah. But that's a different thing, though. That's, that's more body horror, grotesque. Yeah. Yeah. But I, uh, I did appreciate the, uh, the, the, the werewolf choice for this. Like, um, yeah, just that was great. Yeah. And when he's with her, when he's with Elsa and he starts sniffing her, she's like, What are you doing? He's like, I need I need to learn your scent. I need your scent. Like for when I turn, she's like, Will that work? He's like, I hope so. <laughs> like, yeah. I think so. He didn't really know. And and it just like it it made you like see him as the threat that he can be when he turns because we've already seen in combat like how capable she is uh, protecting herself we see the fear when he transforms yeah. and they handled all of it really well and then just to go from that to like him and a mate man thing talking about sushi was, yeah. like, was such a good uh good contrast and they've announced a documentary special now i don't know if it's the same as what they usually put out which i've stopped watching if i'm honest i used to watch them oh what are they called something assembled assembled that's it i used i'm more interested in the tv ones to be honest so this may or may not be the same thing but regardless it's got my attention it's a documentary for werewolf by night 
It was announced from Marvel Studios' unscripted content and Michael Giacchino's brother, Anthony. So he's involved. The documentary goes behind the scenes at the making of the special and explores Michael Giacchino's dream for acting and will include eight millimeter film footage Giacchino shot in his childhood. So that last part and his brother's involvement is making me think maybe it's something a bit different to all those other ones that they keep putting out. Yeah. Like, so clearly Giacchino's been thinking for like a long time, like, how do I, how do I get into the directing area? Um, yeah, surely he gets more work off this. I mean, he's really oh, done a great I, job. I would hope so. Even, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if horror is his thing. And like each Halloween, he's going to come back and put out a new special or if he's going to go into like feature length films. I mean, hopefully he still keeps composing because, you know, we really enjoy that. really talented there, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Kevin Feige has said that this special would introduce a part of the MCU that would become quite important to its future. So whether that's him talking about the supernatural or more likely he's talking about the one and done, the, you know, the hour-long special, like instead of committing to like a whole series, which, you know, for the most part we do enjoy, but there's just something special about this. Like here it is on a Friday. Here's an hour of a character that maybe wouldn't necessarily usually get the spotlight. Yeah. And around uh, Halloween as well, like the perfect time to drop it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So on that, if you're going to rate this out of five. It's going to be high. It's at least a four out of five for me. Maybe even like four and a half out of five. I appreciate. I, I've I horror isn't really my thing, but I've always enjoyed uh, traditional horror in the Universal Monsters style, uh, which is why I like things like The Mummy um, and uh, Constantine and the Supernatural TV series because it's a little bit more traditional in that sense, where it's like a, a supernatural thing that they've got to like overcome rather than like a psychopath with a weapon who's killing teenagers in the, uh, the seventies, uh, eighties style. Um, but the, the authentic uh, feel of it all, the practical effects, the, the black and white, the music's spot on. But you know, no surprise there with Gigi. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, all the characters as well were like unique enough. Um, didn't need any backstory, but it was nice to have um, them be more be more unique. Like uh, you had Jovan played by uh, Kirk Thatcher. He was the Scottish guy who, at the start, like goes straight at Elsa with the axe. Um, but you know, he had, beforehand when he's talking to Jack Russell at the start, there's you know, it gets so lonely. Like there was a full character realized there and all of the hunters, you could tell at a glance who they were. You didn't yeah. have to be like, which one's this one? Um, you know, yeah, really well put together. I like the the narration, very traditional. Uh, all of it, costume design, 
the makeup on Jack Russell, not just the werewolf makeup, which is very practical and was great as well, but the, the actual makeup when he's just in his human form and his costume and all of it was really interesting. It had like a very, uh, I'm, I'm curious where they got the inspiration for that. Cause I, in all honesty, never read werewolf by night. It's, again, I don't generally read horror comics, but all of it, all of it worked for me. Um, very excited to see more of this type of content from Marvel. How about yourself? Yeah, I think, yeah, like you, like very, very high score. Yeah, I had such a good time with this. Um, not quite a five. I'm going to come in at a 4.5 with this one. And, you know, we we're talking earlier how it's, some of the criticisms is that it was too short. I think maybe... The runtime is 60 minutes. But we've talked about this before with Disney Plus, like the end credits on average take about 10 minutes. So really this came in at 50 minutes. Maybe if they're giving it the full hour, I don't know, but it's very close to being perfect. It's close to being a five. I I thought this was fantastic. I really did. I do like horror and really enjoy this time of year, October. <laughs> it's almost Halloween. I yeah, and I'm hoping that this is the start of a, a tradition. But then it doesn't just need to be horror related, like other characters from Marvel that maybe could get like a one hour special and if yeah received well enough, we could see those characters elsewhere. Characters that maybe Feige wouldn't have rolled the dice on, thinking maybe people aren't ready for that character. So we'll just have to yeah. wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, actually, um, Rick Wasserman, a voice actor, he did the narrating in the beginning. So that was something yeah. a little bit different. It made it feel all old-timey as well. Yeah, as they, and that's where you get all the important information as well. Like, who are these people? Why are they here? What do we need? What is the bloodstone, roughly? Yeah. Like, but don't... don't need to do any explainers because yeah, exactly. it's done in that old-timey way. Like, yeah. They didn't need to try and come up with ways for characters to inform each other to therefore inform the audience. Yeah, it was a good way of doing it. And again, just being old-timey with a scroll, black and white. Ah, loved all of that. Well, that's it for our episode all about Werewolf by Night. If you would like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.